Collateral Creatives was created and hosted by XN Radio. If you wish to get in touch with either me or Cheyenne, then feel free to leave us an email at ccmoody22 at gmail.com. We love getting feedback and requests for future episodes, so we look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for your listenership and enjoy the episode. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Collateral Creatives, the show where we go into content that's not necessarily Christian so that we can hopefully find some aspect of God's character or some aspect of God's gospel. I'm your host, Austin Murphy, and I'm joined once again by my lovely co-host. Cheyenne Wyatt. And today, I mean, usually we say we're not going to be talking about things that are explicitly Christian, but this is sort of a divergence from that (laughs) goal, Uh, because today... Last week, we said we were going to be bringing in a artist to interview and discuss with. If we could. (laughs) If we could. Unfortunately, she didn't get back to us. So instead, we're going to be going with Cheyenne's number one favorite artist of all time, (laughs) Owl City. Yay. Otherwise known as Adam (laughs) Young. Uh, And so for the most part reason why we wanted to talk about Owl City was because we were often inspired by artists who pretty frequently will loudly proclaim how much they love Christ, but yet won't make that too terribly apparent in their music. Like, they won't make music that's immoral or against Christianity, but sort of like how Skillet does it, where every song could be tied to scripture if you mm-hmm. if you put the pieces together. You kind of have to, like, go excavating. Basically. And, like, dig for it. Yeah. Um, to find the, like, Christian symbolism and meaning in songs. Yeah. And with Al City, what about him makes him your like number one favorite artist? Um, so Owl City, I think my connection to him as an artist is really personal just because um as a like twelve, thirteen year old, um, who was going through a lot of like chronic illness stuff and um just had had her house burned down and like you know a lot of life things some some small events (laughs) small events that everyone goes through um he was the like main artist that i listened to Mm -hmm. um during that time because um i found his music really relaxing um i had trouble sleeping a lot of the time and his voice was like one of the few um, voices that like didn't irritate me when I was trying to fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would listen to his albums when I was trying to fall asleep on nights where I couldn't fall asleep. Um, and so just like stuff like that. Um, I don't know if it was because his song Fireflies, I remembered it just kind of randomly. I don't know if God was the one who brought it to my mind or if it was some other coincidence, but. Um, back in like fourth grade when it had like originally came out, uh, one of my 
friends in the youth group had it on his like mp3 player that only had like 10 songs on it the classics <laughs> like when you couldn't just connect to the internet and download that crap you had to have a friend who had a computer who had access to definitely legal outlets definitely to legal music. yeah so he had a definitely <laughs> legal uh, <laughs> copy of fireflies on uh, his mp3 player and so like i said one of 10 songs and we were uh on our way back from kansas city to manhattan which is like a two-hour drive nice and it was dark and <laughs> we were all like 10 11 mm. and there was nothing to do so what we would do was like each person got to pick a song <laughs> And like we would t just like go from the front of the car to the back of the car and take turns and the song that I tended to pick was Fireflies and so I just associate it with like that night and mm -hmm. um, just like the conversations that we had and like how happy I was because like youth conferences tend to like hype you up a lot. Yeah. Um, and so like that comfortability with people and community and stuff is like the feeling that I have with Owl City. Okay. And is Fireflies your favorite song or is there uh, something else that really catches your ears, I suppose? You know, it's always like such a tricky question to say what my favorite song is because like Fireflies will always be like that song that like initially got me into Owl City, which mm -hmm. I think is the case for a lot of people because like they either know Fireflies or they know Good Time. Um, those are like the two Owl City songs that people will know. Yeah. Uh, if you say like, oh, do you like Owl City? Like, have you heard any of his songs? Like, those are the only two like popular ones. Yeah, the poetic one and the pop one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there's other ones that like going through um, like my life and growing up like I've kind of settled on different ones throughout different time periods like there was a while where his song plant life was really meaningful um there's other ones um most of them are from his album all things bright and beautiful <laughs> um so okay yeah gotcha cool so with all that with the music that he's made and sort of how he's kind of identified himself because he, he sort of built his own like special identity by using the internet basically yeah like he got started off of MySpace like that's fair to say I would think the whole idea of basically becoming popular because you had a popular MySpace page I don't think anyone can <laughs> say that <laughs> yeah especially because like it's not around anymore <laughs> Jokes on you! It is. Oh, it is. They uh, the the MySpace team came back and revamped the whole website. That's super cool. So it's actually updated for the modern era. Actually, if I go to MySpace.com right now on our handy uh, 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 studio monitor that's thirty <laughs> inches big, and we Your got laptop. this. Your <laughs> This not likes to lie. <laughs> uh, I actually didn't get it just now let me see if it actually is a thing okay so yeah myspace is totally still a thing um it's just not loading so it could be still a so thing so you tell lies i don't tell lies i i uh, the official statement from uh myspace just this this january like 2022 this january was myspace is far from dead <laughs> So like it can't be gone as it's... if it was a living organism to begin with. What do you think social media is? <laughs> <laughs> uh huh. 
so um, aside from all the MySpace stuff, basically Adam had a lot and had a lot of uh, a lot of discovery things happen pretty quickly one after mm-hmm. another because it was first the internet that was like whoa this dude is making actually good music on myspace question mark wow wow <laughs> and then some very small publishing company uh i think it was called cd baby which is really funny uh they found him and they're like dude that's sick we're gonna we're gonna get you up there and this, that was when you know the big boys of mm-hmm. billboard started noticing him and, you know, they wanted to sort of mess with him a little bit to change up how he behaved because, you know, this was like 2009, 2011, something Yeah, like they wanted to make him more popular because he had so much potential. Yeah, because, like, he had the voice, he had the style, and he just wasn't giving in to the whole pop culture like Taylor Swift had at the time, like Miley Cyrus had at the time, um, like Justin Bieber had at the time. All of the All the bigger names were doing all these songs about partying, and that was that is not the Rome. type of content in a yeah. typical Owl City song. And like there was there uh, like he can probably I'm assuming he can do a good romance. I haven't listened to a lot of him, <laughs> but it's not the same kind of romance that the pop singers would sing about. You know, where they were all about idealized relationships and pretty much relationships that are impossible to get uh-huh. without turning off your brain <laughs> he has this one song called deer in the headlights okay oh that's a good if that's about love that's pretty accurate already um, and so hold on i'm gonna look at the lyrics because i don't want to like mess it up because it's just so like funny and like about the woes <laughs> of uh like kind of introverted guy because adam is an introvert self-proclaimed heavy introvert <laughs> uh he he's talked before about how the only reason he can get up on stage to perform music or like to perform is because his music is behind him like holding him up oh that's fun um like he kind of has a little bit of social anxiety i think a little (laughs) um i can only imagine uh how nervous he may be during meet and greets and stuff Oh, yeah. I actually uh, was able to go to a concert when I was 15, mm-hmm. and um, my mom got a VIP ticket for me so I could, like, do a meet and greet <laughs> with him. I have a picture, and, um, like, that's probably the largest smile in any picture I ever have of myself. Yep. Um, <laughs> but he was very, like, he put his hands behind his back, like, he would shake your hand and then he would put his hands behind his back yeah. for every photo. Um, actually, That's like a standard pose, yeah. Well, you know, most artists, they kind of like put your their arm around you or something like that. <laughs> he, like, he would shake your hand and then like drop his arms behind himself to like kind of make himself small. Yeah. Um, and anyway. But he didn't do that with you, did he? Well, because the first one he did, but then... I also, my mom had a VIP ticket as well because I'm like 15 and she's not going to let me go through the line by myself. Yeah. (laughs) There were lots of people there. And um, so she was like, well, my daughter can just have my photo. And I was like, okay. And so like I bounced back over and he's like, oh, you again. And so then he put his arm around me. Yeah. Which he didn't do for anyone else. I was like, yes. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So I have like, a photo where he actually is like casually standing with me mm-hmm. and anyway 
Deer in the Headlights starts out with met a girl in the parking lot. All I did was say hello. Her pepper spray made it rather hard for me to walk her home. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) But I guess it's the way it goes. Uh, Tell me again, was it love at first sight? When I walked by and you caught my eye, didn't you know love could shine this bright? Well, smile because you're the deer in the headlights. Um, And so he talks about like, you know, I met a girl with graceful charm, but when beauty met the beast, he froze. Um, I got the sense I was not her type by the black eye and bloody nose. (laughs) Uh, And then like, halfway through the song uh, he says it's suffocating to say but the female mystique takes my breath away so give me a smile or give me a sneer because I'm trying to guess here (laughs) Um, the music video for that (laughs) is also really funny because like he actually is driving uh, the DeLorean from Back in the Future or Back to the Future Back to the Future yeah Back to the Future that's that's the movie yeah um and so, like, he keeps almost hitting this deer with the DeLorean. But um, during the, like, female mystique line and stuff, which, like, slows down the song and stuff, he, like, walks into this gas station and, like, makes eye contact with, uh, like, this random guy who's just like, what do you want with me? <laughs> um, who's like, I understand what you're going through, bro, but, like, no. <laughs> Uh Uh, Because he's just like so lost and like, what do I do here? Mm -hmm. Um, It's a really funny music video. Gotcha. Well, going into more of Al City's sort of growth, uh, because this is sort of important to tie it all back to uh, his self-proclaimed devout Christianity. Uh, He's actually quoted in stating or quoted in saying that uh, his faith is the only thing that's more important to him than his music. Mm -hmm. So we're going to tie back into that later on. But for now, kind of building up where he had come from, uh, it was 2007 to 2009 that the whole MySpace thing happened and he was able to maintain his sort of persona the whole time. Um, But then it was around the time of... 2009, 2010 to 2011 with Ocean Eyes and All Things Bright and Beautiful, those two albums, uh, that he started to like really get a grasp of how he wanted to sort of portray himself as an artist, at least in the public stream. Mm -hmm. Uh, So he did a fantastic job with with songs like uh, Tidal Wave, specifically actually did fantastic on Christian radio. Um, And along with apparently he got a soundtrack to feature in Alice in Wonderland which I didn't know about. Yeah, he's been in quite a few movies like Wreck-It Ralph, Guardians of Google most of them are animated. Yeah, um, He seems to have a passion for those because there's also the Croods and the Smurfs. Yeah, too. I was gonna say he, there's a few more that I'm not thinking of. Yeah. But then there was a little bit of a drop and perhaps you can explain this a little bit but 2011 to 2013 with the Midsummer Station apparently was sort of a mar on his so far uh, let's say clean persona record. Um, so yeah, you kind of already touched on how people like looked at him and were like, "Oh, this kid has a lot of potential." Let's and calling him a kid isn't quite right because he was like in his twenties. But yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, like this guy has a lot of potential. Um, we can make him like into this really big name. We just need to like you know tweak him a bit. Yeah. Um, and you know they left him alone for the most part but I think uh, he still kind of internalized the fact that they didn't think he was good enough or whatever Mm. 
Um, he has a blog that he used to write a lot on. Now, not so much. I think he might have even like gotten rid of it, and it's like something that someone else saved, um, just for like referencing back to and whatnot. Because L City fans tend to be pretty dedicated that way. Yeah. Um, and if you look at his blog, like during that time, you can see how he was kind of going through a few things and like struggling with like the ideas of like seeking fame or like seeking to like just be yourself and like follow God and like um, he's talked a little bit I think about how he maybe even was struggling with his faith during that time I don't remember if that's correct or not Mm because like I don't know him personally obviously but um, that time period was a little bit iffy for him because and the main reason why I say that is because he went from all things bright and beautiful which I think a lot of people will say is like their favorite album from Owl City like that's probably my favorite album as well yeah it's based on like the name of it is um a reference to him and uh he goes from that to Midsummer Station, which, at least for Owl City fans, didn't do as well. Okay. Um, like the hardcore fans. And part of that is because all of a sudden he did a lot of collaborations, like almost every song on the album, which he had never collaborated with people before. And so, like, that's where Good Time comes from, is yeah. Midsummer Station. Which was released on SoundCloud first, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> um,. His sound changed like really drastically. Um, he does this thing with albums where he tries to make them all one story that flows together. Yeah. So if you listen all the way through, it like is a cohesive story that you're listening to. And part of that is because he has this big interest in doing uh, cinematic scores. Like that's kind of like what got him into music. Yeah. And um, Midsummer Station isn't like that. Each song is its own individual thing. And now, none of those things are bad. Like, artists are allowed to change and do things. But it's just kind of like, in the context of people were saying, like, oh, hey, you should change and, like, be more popular. And he starts collaborating with a bunch of people. And kind of like taking on their sound of being more popular and all of that kind of paints this picture of Midsummer Station was maybe written from a place of just like maybe seeking success more than his other albums if that makes sense no that makes sense yeah uh but he grew out of that like he didn't write anything after Midsummer Station for quite a while because uh, Midsummer Station was 2012 yeah and then the next one up was Mobile Orchestra in 2015 yeah and so there's a good like gap there because he was like pumping out albums like pretty frequently and then he kind of just stepped back and now Mobile Orchestra does still have a little bit of that, like, I'm trying to be popular sound. Mm-hmm. But it also sounds like old Owl City. 
and so he balances those two um and so that like made me really happy when i listened to mobile orchestra and there was a side project that he did um around the same time where he did movie scores for different historical events yeah just kind of as a creative outlet he does a lot of side projects like insect airport uh, sky sailing port blue stuff like that where he just like gets out extra creative energy yeah <laughs> um making different sounds that aren't necessarily appropriate for the owl city identity yeah which fits in really well with the fact that he sort of attributes a lot of his genre to a lot of electronica sort mm-hmm. of stuff he has a, he has a lot of electronic going on in his music um I believe at least one of those artists, like one of those titles that he follows is actually just straight up an EDM artist, isn't it? Like he just makes electronic music for one of them. Uh, yeah, I think. Is that Insect Airport? Yeah, Insect Airport Airport is the EDM one. So he just kind of plays around with stuff, basically is what you're saying. Just kind of yeah messes around with genres, basically. <laughs> Sometimes he'll find like an effect on uh, his like sound design stuff and yeah. like make three songs with that effect that's fun and <laughs> it's kind of silly but like that's how he i think got so good probably yeah i mean the fact that he can produce his own stuff is always going to be something that's super important especially since that makes it easier for us to talk about people like him because we don't have to talk about people that produced for him because he just did it himself <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and i think that's part of why he's so impressive um, at least to me um, because not only that but he also suffers from insomnia like pretty hardcore insomnia Yeah. and so during Firefly's era especially um, he would go down to his parents basement and just write music when he couldn't sleep mm, Okay. Um, which is ironic because you know his music helps me sleep yeah um <laughs> So he's just he's just a helping hand, you know. Yeah. And with all that identified with his career set out and now we've figured out his identity basically. The the thing that I really want to get into is where especially in places that we don't usually expect to see it cuz you know this is the show. Where do we see him doing Christian things, I suppose, which is a, a bad way of putting it because <laughs> you can do a lot of Christian things that aren't very obvious, but Al City, uh, first and foremost, he's done a lot of music that is very specifically Christian. Like at one point, he actually released a remix of Jesus Freak from DC Talk. Yeah, he also has a cover of In Christ Alone. Yeah, so like he's got that stuff going out for him. But then he's also got, uh, I think he actually did a song with Toby Mac for a VeggieTales Christmas special. Oh, really? Yeah, it was huh. called Light of Christmas. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and he's also... <laughs> I didn't realize that was VeggieTales. Yeah, he's also been on a Toby Mac album. Toby Mac's Christmas al- album from, I think, 2017. Uh, to- uh, not 2017. It had to be somewhere in the early 2010s, I think. Uh, Al City showed up as a feature with the song, uh, I think... Oh, what was it? Noel. He hopped on with Noel. And he had this. Basically, the, it, Toby used Owl City as a, as the breakdown of the song, because Owl City had a more melodic, melodic voice than Toby did. <laughs> so he's just that makes so sense. Like, all the like the entire song is super intense, but then it slowly fades. Uh, People really quiet. like his voice for specific styles. Um, 
Do you know Dear Evan Hansen? Yeah, he did a cover of uh, yeah. Waving Through a Window, right? Yeah, and they like specifically asked him to do it because of his voice, mm-hmm. because they wanted that, like, I think they described it as, like, vulnerability or something. He has, he has a very, I think it would be interesting to sort of refer to it as a almost single layer tone. Like, his voice is very consistent. There's not a lot of... You can't really feel any layers to it because it's just the way that it is. Yeah. Uh, it's not something like a country singer where you can hear the tone, but also the grumble, but also the yeah. extra tones that He's, are underneath. He has a very smooth voice. Yeah, and it applies really well with the kind of music that he does, which is usually things tied into emotional uh, impact on stuff, tied into deeper feelings towards uh, certain themes of the world. Uh, especially when he's singing about Christian things, that's that sort of singing is really appreciated. So, when it comes to Owl City, where do you think, aside from his work ethic, aside from the places where he's sang about Christianity and talked about Christianity yeah. specifically, where do you think Owl City best represents Christianity as an artist? Yeah, so like other than, like you said, where he's sort of making explicit uh, references to Christianity, either by doing a cover or like writing about it on his blog, because... Yeah. Um, even if it wasn't like a Jesus centered blog, he tended to like be like, Oh yeah, thank God for like da 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 today. Um one of the things that I personally found really cool when I went to his concert uh back in twenty fifteen, this would have been for Mobile Orchestra. Yeah. Was the way that he handled himself during the concert. Um, which again he kinda is introverted. <laughs> Maybe a touch of social anxiety. Don't know. Um, so he's not one of those artists who's like trying to get the crowd pumped up, uh, talking yeah. to them constantly. Like he got up on stage and sang. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I think he made like one comment. He vibes to, with the crowd. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But halfway through, uh, he needed to switch out the guitar that he was using. Yeah. And this is keeping in mind that he is essentially a one-man band a lot of the times because yeah. he's using this little, like, foot pedal things that, like, modulate different noises. Mm-hmm. I don't know what those are called. I'm fairly certain they're just modulators. <laughs> they have... I mean, foot pedals is accurate. They're, I, they can also be called the guitar pedals, but yeah. it, just having pedals at your feet, you can just say foot pedal. Well, yeah, because, like, some of them would, like, trigger different sounds and some of them would, like... He would, like, sing something and then it would loop that yeah. behind him anyway um, he needed to go switch his guitar that was off on the other side of the stage and while he was doing that they played uh, his hallelujah song which he's actually written some like God centered songs mm-hmm. so I think he mentioned Tidal Wave um, I'm trying to think of other ones but Hallelujah is one of the like most explicit ones yeah. that like very directly <laughs> refers to God um, which is kind of fun because like he isn't publishing his music through um, a Christian uh, record label or anything like that nope um, so the fact that they let him uh, sneak in uh, Jesus-centered things is, I think, really cool. Yeah. But um, they played the music video for Hallelujah, uh, just kind of like as he was taking a break and getting some water and getting his guitar. So like some of it was logistics and all of that. But 
it was really cool at least in my opinion because it was like directly halfway through the show he took the attention off himself to play his like Jesus song as the um, people like in the crowd around me who were like what's this one yeah. <laughs> um, oh that's his Jesus song <laughs> uh, <laughs> so that I think where he just kind of like did his best to take the focus off himself and point to God in the middle of something that was very like we're all here for you we want to hear you play he's like no 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 like yeah that's fine like you listen to me but like let's remember who's um like should be the main focus yeah and he just seemed like so relaxed after um that song played mm-hmm. do you think that Al City uses any visual language in his music videos to refer to god or christian themes um because he has a lot of them. That's what I'm realizing is that he has a lot of music videos. Yeah, he does. Um, Seems like he has a lot of fun making those. Yeah. I think so. I don't know if I can pick out one like directly off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, because some of it is like very abstract as well. Sure. Um, but yeah, I would imagine that he probably is very intentional with the imagery mm-hmm. in his music videos. So I guess uh, what I would want to br- branch into with how Owl City depicts himself and depicts his faith, do you think it's good for a Christian artist, and this could apply to anyone that's not Owl City too, this could be, uh, let's say Skillet is probably the next runner-up for that sort of thing. Do you think it's good for a Christian artist to sing about not sing about I should say specifically Christian things do you think it's good to have a Christian artist that won't always focus every single song that they have towards God specifically I think it's actually probably a good thing Mm -hmm. um because people aren't gonna listen to exclusively Christian artists if they aren't believers yeah um but with Owl City like most people know good time they know fireflies um we talked about that already how they know those songs if they know nothing else from owl city and if they're like i really like these songs i should get more into owl city they'll eventually stumble upon one of his more jesus songs yeah um that will kind of be like a sneaky way to introduce them to the gospel so it's like a it's like a stealth missionary work or stealth um what is it um what word am i thinking about right now ministry it's like a (laughs) you're trying to minister people into getting used to that sort of music and then whenever they find that your artist that you love so much is a christian yeah it'll be like wait what how often does he talk about well i did i don't know if he's still active today but how often do you talk about christ and his blog posts i mean you said before almost constantly almost constantly (laughs) like um at least one in three, I would say. Because <laughs> um, you brought it before that he would at least say something like, thank God for this. and Yeah, like, I'm just thanking God for da-da-da-da-da um, today. Um, I'm trying to think of an example, but... Um, or, like, he would even, like, post about, like, the devotion that he did that day and, like, the reflection he had from it. 
Um, yeah. He did that a lot when he was traveling. Like, oh yeah, on the plane today, um, I was thinking about Romans 12 and like how that relates to um, just like living sacrificially. Da 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 da. Yeah. Uh, and it's like he actually has some like pretty deep thoughts, mm-hmm. like theologically. Um, which was really cool like go, yeah. to go back through them but also like on his blog he has like sort of like <laughs> I don't want to say dumb but <laughs> he has some like really cheesy stuff like um, the people at the movie theater wouldn't stop talking something about like the joke ends with like revealing that he had on a giant sombrero oh <laughs> like he has like random jokes like that where he's like and like they're really good a lot of the time but they're very dad joke-esque yeah um and then he also like has a few that are just like um sort of like short stories Mm -hmm. um and he so he like just writes up his short story and uh put it on his blog and just kind of like whatever he was thinking about that day is like what he put on there yeah and like he ups, updates about music related stuff as well. Like I said, he's not active anymore on that blog because I think that's not where he's at in life. Yeah. Um, but it seems like he's been gone from a lot of things for a while. He hasn't released a new like album or I think even single in about four years now. Yeah, since like 2018 yeah. was when Cinematic came out. That's like his more autobiographical stuff. Yeah. Um. But he does that sometimes where he'll kind of just like go radio silent and then you're like, wait, he's back. Come back with a banger. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I think part of it, too, is because I think he got married. Oh, really? Uh, Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, So that might be part of it. That would definitely cause a little (laughs) bit of uh, you need to dedicate more time to some other things. Got other stuff going on. Got new priorities to worry about. Um, But yeah. And then, like, with COVID, I'm sure, like, a lot of yeah. creative people struggled through that. And do you think that for a Christian and a non-Christian publisher in what's now become a very non-Christian global view, do you think that it's now dangerous for him as a Christian artist to be in that industry that he's in? Like, they could end up affecting him in some way i've had a lot of people that were concerned for not only just Al city but there are some other artists that don't specifically sing about christ mm-hmm. but are outwardly christian and if they're not with capital records then people are concerned that they're going to get influenced or they're going to yeah, get pulled away from god they're gonna like encounter a lot of non-christians and secular stuff and it's just like tempting when you have all of that power influence and stuff. Which, like, Al City sounds like the kind of person that would be too nervous to get involved (laughs) with any of that. Well, think back with, like, uh, Midsummer Station. Mm -hmm. It kind of did happen where, like, at least from observation, Mm -hmm. again, we don't know exactly what was going on, but it seems like from the evidence something happened there where he went from, like, I'm gonna title this album after him, and now I'm like kind of losing my identity as an artist and like my own personal sound. Yeah. And yeah, I think it is a little bit dangerous, but. Cause that sounds like the other side of the coin with what we usually talk about, which is the whole 
using the world against the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, two episodes ago, we had Professor Jeremy Pettit come in, and he had talked about how the whole idea of using the world against the world is too simple to mm-hmm. simply say it like that. There's more to it than that, and it's more about are you trying too hard to change the way that a certain medium works? Are you making it too much about trying to prove that you can use this certain medium in a way that isn't how it's supposed to be used, but you're still using it? I think the way that he described it was, we're not going to play football the way that everyone else is playing football, but you're still playing football. Yeah. So it's not any different. Um, And so the concern there, I, I guess, would be for artists like Owl City, that it could be potentially because I don't know if he's ever talked about his mission or anything like that, but it, it going into an industry that's not Christian and potentially trying to change the stakes or changing how things are seen so that people look at Christianity in a different way. I don't know if that would be effective or uh, especially these days. Well, I think that danger is there for everyone. <laughs> um. It's just not as prevalent for someone who's, let's say, in Capitol Records. Capitol Records has been very safe for a lot of Christian artists. I mean, that's pretty much where all the Christian artists are coming out of. No, I mean, like, everyone as in, like, all Christians are at risk of the world influencing them. Like, unless you're like us who are out of Bible school and planning on going into missions in some way, we have a little bit of a bubble, but not all the way. No, and it's almost our mission to (laughs) see what the world can throw at us. Yeah, but, like, if you're a business person and you're going into a business company or if you're a nurse and working in the hospital, if you're like, you know, fill in a career, fill in a workplace, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to list every career. Um, you're going to have people who are Christian, who are surrounded by the world in secular places, who are going to try to reflect God and that can be really dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, like, for example, nurses. Uh, if you have someone on their deathbed and they're like, oh, I want to know about God. It's like, uh, well, <laughs> um, are you allowed to do that? Yeah. Um, because like some families get really upset if you start talking about Jesus with their like devoutly Buddhist uh, <laughs> grandpa because um, they're like, oh no, he doesn't mean that. Um, he's just like, you know, delirious because he's about to die. Um, yeah. But he's like, no, no, no. I like, you know, I need to find out about this before I pass. Yeah. Um, like there's a certain amount of pressure that Christians in any industry are going to face yeah when dealing with the world Mm -hmm. and i don't think any of us are safe from potentially getting influenced Mm -hmm. by the world it's just more likely or prevalent maybe with like industries like the music industry that are kind of focused on celebrating the world in a lot of ways yeah you're you're putting yourself in the in the line of fire basically because you're not gonna be able to dodge it um Capital does a fantastic job with keeping basically all of their artists safe, but we do have a couple out there that aren't in Capital, for example, and they, I mean, they're, they're stuck in the line of fire. And it, that would just be an unfortunate thing to see because artists like Alice City, who have a very unique way of going about music, who have a very unique way about incorporating Christianity into their work, 
it, it would it's just something that's sad to see the potential of something in the world ruining what they've created you know what i mean yeah and i think that just comes back to like you know we haven't set our token discernment <laughs> um but you have to discern what situations are good for you mm-hmm. um and i mean and if al city is keeping his faith then his trust in god is pretty much enough no matter what it is that he faces yeah. And you have to, like, trust that God will put you in the circumstances where you need to be, like, have a solid prayer life that, like, hey, God, just, like, guide me, your will be done. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been told that, say, like, your will be done is one of the more dangerous prayers that you can pray. Mm -hmm. And it's something that a lot of people just kind of, like, tack on at the end. Your will be done. Oh, will be done. <laughs> but it's actually like, you know, think about that. Mm-hmm. Do you actually want God to do what he wants to do with your life? Look at the people that are in the Bible. What did they get when he ever <laughs> they followed his will? <laughs> like uh, Abraham. Um, <laughs> He's fine. <laughs> uh, you know, Isaac. Uh, <laughs> completely fine. Jonah. Fine. fine. <laughs> um... Daniel it's it's never an easy time when you're a Christian yeah you are pretty much expected to prepare for things to not go well (laughs) because that's oftentimes how things go it's Mm -hmm. a very dangerous world a very fallen world yeah but like you have to know that like God's gonna be there to support you even if it feels like oh he's out to get me too yeah (laughs) like no Uh, he is there for you i think there's a verse that like talks about like his eyes are like roving the earth for like people who are his or something like that Mm -hmm. that might be like a really bad paraphrase and that verse doesn't exist (laughs) Uh but that concept of like god is watching Mm -hmm. and he is in control even when it seems like things are going against you. Because remember, there are certain times where the Lord will put you against things that aren't going to be that great. Yeah, and, and it's to grow you. It's to grow you. It's Sometimes it's not even about you. Sometimes it's about helping someone else. Mm-hmm. So you have to take the hit so that someone else can learn. And sometimes it's just like that. So are there any other, are there any other final comments about Owl City that you would like to make before we wrapped up for He's today's He's the bestest. He's you the should best. go listen to him. <laughs> Where should people start if they want to listen to Owl City? Um, I would start with Fireflies and then listen to All Things Bright and Beautiful. Okay. Just like um, the whole album? Yeah. Okay. I, like, yeah, I would just pick All Things Bright and Beautiful or start with the music videos mm-hmm. if you're more of a like visual person cool um because i do struggle sometimes when there's not like a visual <laughs> um, accompanying audio and so if you're like me and you need visual stimulus as well mm-hmm. just go through the music videos and that'll <laughs> give you a good taste of like how he's grown through time as well yeah well, fantastic. Hopefully you guys get uh, get to learn some things or experience some new stuff. For those of you who somehow have not heard of Owl City before. Listen to Owl City. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, uh, sad to say, but also rather excited because we've finally reached uh, our conclusion here. We are going to be reaching the season two finale dun, of dun, Collateral dun. Creatives. 
Already? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, ten episodes. Oh. Uh huh. So. Who knew? Yeah, last last season I think we had a, a little over ten. I think we I think we did a little bit more than ten, but we we kept it to ten for this one. So this season finale though, it's gonna be really entertaining. Last time, uh, I don't even remember all that what we did for the last season finale, but we kind of just talked. Pretty much. <laughs> but for this one, it's Doctor Who. Tardis sounds play because <laughs> it's it's a big it's a big franchise huge uh, and it's greatly influential with quite a few things in the plot itself and the way that the show functions that can tie really really well to scriptural stuff and we're gonna try to find out if that's on purpose or if they were completely accidental <laughs> so uh, we look forward to walking through that with you guys next week and we will see you then farewell.